You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. How's it going, Chiefs Kingdom? And welcome to episode 27 of the Great British Chiefs Show with your boys from the kingdom representing the kingdom. Myself, Brad Simcox, a.k.a. The Brit Chief, and Arrow Headlines editor Tom Childs. This Tom and I will be giving our thoughts and takeaways from the Chiefs' victory against the New York Giants. We'll also be having our usual look at this week's Arrowhead Pride Power Rankings before looking ahead to our preview of the Chiefs' Week 9 matchup against the Green Bay Packers. But first... I want to thank my mum, my dad, my wife and kids, to Miss Gardner for the words, the beautiful words. Thank you, Miss Gardner. I'd like to thank my cat, the two hamsters, Gammon and Snowflake, for always being there. Do you actually have a cat called Gammon and Snowflake? Do you actually have two cats? No, they're, they're the hamsters, Gammon and Snowflake, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Are they actually- them. What can I say? <laughs> <laughs> Do you know wow. why I'm doing that? I'm, I'm accepting an award, mate. I'm accepting a prestigious award. In, in fact, you should be creating your own speech as well. Maybe. I'm still stuck in two ways, whether we can actually claim it or not. But why didn't you enlighten the people? Like I hinted at it last week. Why didn't you enlighten the Chiefs <laughs> Kingdom as to why Mr. Big Time yourself is making a speech? <laughs> an acceptance speech for the Emmy Award. That <laughs> the, you know, if anybody's not heard of this yet, I mean, it, where have you been? You've been on. You must have been on the moon because Tom and I were part of the Legion of Zoom kind of uh, short story, wasn't it? On uh, what the Chiefs created. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was Dan Van Wyen and his team over at the Chiefs that actually did the story on how the Legion of Zoom came about, and we were part of that. And right. we just found out the other week that it actually won an, a Mid American Emmy Award. <laughs> yeah. It did. Now I'm I, I'm actually looking on the Emmy site, right? Whether I can actually get my own Emmy award to put in the <laughs> to put in the man cave. <laughs> do, you, like, do you actually class yourself as the Emmy winner? Like I've been me and me and the missus have been talking about this one because I was like, we can't I can't claim myself to be an Emmy winner. And then she was like, Yeah, but if you were an actor and it was a film, you'd be an Emmy winner. That's so- a very good point. That's <laughs> a very good point. As you, as you probably pointed out, and there's a couple of guys at AP point out, without us, there's probably not an Emmy involved because our part of the story is really quite interesting. <laughs> I don't Man, know. I tell you what, you're talking me into buying one. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, it's, it's whether we go ahead and change our bios now to Emmy winners or not. Like, do I do I walk around now saying that? And like, when I introduce to my people uh, myself to people walking down the street, hi, I'm Tom. I've won an Emmy and I'm verified on Twitter. Like, I've yeah. basically made it. Like, <laughs> I'm going for the Oscars next. <laughs> podcast awards. Think- that's what we need next. That's we what we need. We need that's to win a podcast need. award. <laughs> No, no, I'm, I'm, I'm not settling for anything less than the Oscars now. <laughs> <laughs> I'll no, tell you what, we'll see how your acting performance is when we talk about um, potentially being confident about the Chiefs potentially winning this weekend because uh, we have to do some acting there. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I don't know, I, I'm, not, I'm not very good at crying, I'll tell you. Um, no, but uh, huge congratulations to obviously Dane, uh, Dane Van Wyatt, the Chiefs, and his team for actually pulling together something that, we're, we're proud of as well. We're proud of me. Oh, for sure. But, I, I watch but, um, it like every other week. <laughs> <laughs> Getting it, if you're not on a bit of a downer that week, I'll just stick this video on. It'll be fine. But yeah, no, I, I, honestly, it's brilliant. I think that's something like the 13th or 14th one he's won now. Yeah. He must be using them as doorstops, these Emmy Awards, mustn't he? Yeah, maybe. Maybe he can send us his one of his spares. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, a battered one or something like that that he just left on the side, just slung it in the back of the cupboard. Yeah. On a side note, before we get on, um, can I make a request, please? A request? Never go on on holidays again. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I loved having Rocky on the show last week, and we should get him on as part of this show every now and then. Like, he was great, insightful. I loved talking football about with him. I loved it. I really did enjoy it. And considering that's the first time I've spoken to him, I thought it was excellent. And I hope everyone that was... Uh, listening to it enjoyed the show but i hate hosting with a passion like i am all for being this pundit or this guy that just sits there and answers your questions and uh, like says what he wants and like basically when something pops into my head i'll say it but leading the conversation is so much harder than anyone can who's not podcast before can imagine like hosting is daunting and i hated every second of it and uh, my big respect to you brad i appreciate the fact, like, I appreciate you more now than I ever have done. Let's put it this way. <laughs> like, absence makes the heart grow fonder, isn't it? That's that's the saying. And I think that's like, probably what it is, yeah. That's yeah. exactly how I felt last, like, Tuesday, Wednesday night when we were sitting there recording. I was just like a, like a deer in headlights. I just didn't know what to do. <laughs> You know, I was on a holiday, right, and I thought, oh, the, the, the podcast is out. I'm going to listen to this because I know from knowing you for so many years now, that you hate leading a podcast. You've done it before when we were over at the Arrowheads Abroad podcast, mm-hmm. weren't you? And you did it, I think you did it once or twice before then, and you hated every minute of it. And I thought, this is going to be big. This is going to be big news for Tom, <laughs> leading an Arrowhead Pride podcast yeah. and being the host on it. And uh, yeah, I mean, big shout out to Rocky. Yeah, um, he he was phenomenal. He was really good. Uh, such a great guy. And like you said, we should get him on when we're both together mm-hmm. as well, just to have a chat with him because his knowledge of the the Chiefs, the game is spot on. And I could see, I could I, from that that podcast, you two were having a real good chinwag about things. And I thought yeah. Tom's in his element because he's talking proper football. He's not just talking proper football to himself whilst <laughs> looking at me as I'm, and, as I'm just talking about fandom and crowds and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. You really were in your element with that, weren't you, mate? Yeah. It's just, I just wish no one else was listening to our conversation. <laughs> <laughs> We even had Steve. We even had Steve behind the glass, the virtual glass there. 
producing the show for us. So it was even, it was even more nerve wracking. Like never again, never, please. Never like, again. <laughs> like basically now this is the warning to Arrowhead pride, the, the big ones, the big wigs of Arrowhead pride. We come as a pair. If you get rid of Brad, you lose me as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Vice versa, mate. Vice versa for sure. <laughs> um, Right, I'll tell you what, before we actually get on to the, uh, the, the game, um, there's been some good news. Well, there's some, been some kind of good news and mediocre kind of news that's been uh, happening recently. Um, obviously, the Chiefs have signed Melvin Ingram, mm-hmm. which is uh, phenomenal. And, and it, it's something we spoke about on this podcast quite a bit about what do you do with Chris Jones right now? Because it clearly mm-hmm. wasn't happening with the defensive end and... I was wanting to kick him inside back to where he was before at defensive tackle. And you were saying, but who do you replace him with? And yeah. it was always a bit of a conundrum, wasn't it? Now we've got Melvin Ingram. That's surely got to be the thing now, isn't it? Yeah, you'd think so. Like with Chris Jones moving back inside, obviously you've now got multiple guys that can fill in for him. Like Melvin Ingram, like we traded a sixth round from the Steelers for him, but he's not coming in to be an every down guy he just mm. isn't going to be able to his age his body he's not going to be able to play every single down but we now ha- are in a position where him and Mike Dana can basically share a role like Frank Clark's not yeah. not coming off the field really let's be honest and so Chris Jones still might have some snaps at the end but I think they're going to be very few and far between and then you're going to be in a situation where Mike Dana Melvin Ingram can share share those snaps at the uh, left defensive end position and hopefully be productive because they should both be able to be fresh. And more importantly, the Chris Jones experiment at the end is over. We were wrong. We all put money on him to be defensive <laughs> player of the year because he was leaner going to be defensive end. He was going to tear it up there. We were wrong. It just didn't work out. He's now yeah. starting to get more work back inside. And he's looking like Chris Jones of old again now that he's back inside. So now hopefully the Chiefs can keep him there. Hopefully that will enable the likes of Jaron Reed, Turk, Wharton, Carl and Saunders, Derek Nardi to be more productive because of the attention that Chris Jones is going to be getting from the guard and from the centre. Hopefully it just elevate the entire defensive line. And I think we saw evidence of that on Monday night where Frank Clark had his best game of the season. And yeah, was that because yeah, yeah. he had Chris Jones inside of him? and playing more snaps with him. Is that the reason why potentially potentially that could be it? Chris Jones is also healthy now. He talks about his wrist injury, how he's struggling with ligament damage to it in his wrist and stuff. But overall, the defensive line has got better. I'm not saying Melvin Ingram is this outworldly talent. He's not Melvin Ingram of old, but the impact that he has on other players, enabling them to play in their proper positions, then the Chiefs should be better for it. Even though Chris Jones lost all that weight and it was lean and, and, and looked, you know, like it was going to be this, this devastating kind of defensive end. His, his agility isn't there. That's the problem. I think that's been the issue with him as, uh, so far is the agility to, to, to get round a player instead of just bull rushing somebody and literally, you know, going straight through them because um, you would think Chris Jones would win that matchup either way, yeah. but he, he did struggle, didn't he? Um, yes. And, and it, it's because he, he wasn't that agile. But it's but weird because he's a really agile defensive tackle. In his yeah. position, he's really agile. But in another position, it's a completely different body type at defensive end. And he wasn't 
agile enough for mm. that and it, it goes to show like whenever people talk about this is a broader point when people talk about our oh, potentially getting into playing american football like i know people over here that have always wondered oh i don't know what position i'll be well there's a position for every single bo- type of body like whether you're little or large fat or thin it doesn't really matter there's a position for every single person in american football it really is like the most inclusive sport when it comes to body types and okay obviously i'm going off on a bit of a tangent there but chris jones is clearly more suited to playing defensive tackle that's where he made his name that's where he how he got drafted was playing that position and i think now he probably realizes that for his own benefit and for the team's benefit it is better that he plays inside and I think the signing of or the trade for Melvin Ingram enables that to be a, a full-time thing going forward I, I had to laugh there because uh when you said there's a position for everybody in, on, on a, an NFL team I I think I saw something where it was uh was it the kicker for the Colts is it Blankenship yeah is that his name yeah and it was a picture of him and there was a picture of DK Metcalf who was like just literally jacked up, you know, he's like proper like you know, yeah, 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 yeah. ripped and everything. And it's like these two play in the same <laughs> play the same game. Exactly, yeah. It's crazy. It really is bad. <laughs> it is crazy. Um the other news is obviously we've lost LDT. LDT has gone to the Jets, which um, you know, he's been a bit of a fan favorite as well. And he's mm-hmm. he's been considered very much a, a hero for what he's been doing uh, out in the community and and working in hospitals during the during last season, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, he opted out and you know made that brave decision first, really, of of being the guy that was going to um, you know go to his patients more than you know he felt his patients were the main thing yeah. that he needed to focus on instead of playing football. And yeah, it's sad to see him go, um, but you know. Obviously, with the uh, offensive line that we've got now, he really wasn't getting a look in, wasn't he? Uh, he was um, surplus to requirements. It's, it's, it's one of those weird, it's a really weird situation with LDT because he's a fan favourite, yet you're really happy yeah. to see him be moved on. And it's not yeah. because of the contracts. Obviously, he was getting paid a lot of money to not play football because he wasn't getting on the field. But at the same time, you wanted him to play football as well because he deserves to play football, not because of what, just because of what he's done in the pandemic, because he's actually quite a good right guard. He's not great, but he's quite good. Like he's a Super Bowl winner. He will forever be part of that 2019 Super Bowl winning offensive line. And he got moved around a little bit on that offensive line um, early in his career, but then eventually he he found his spot at right guard and he and he stayed there. And he done okay for the Chiefs, in and out of the lineup a little bit as well. But now he's found himself in a position where he's not getting played. So the Jets are going to trade for him and plug him in and play him for the next few years. Then it's a win for everyone. The Chiefs lose the cap space, which they wanted to get rid of, and LDT gets to play football and after so long out and after what he has been how or how he has been helping people that then it's probably the least he deserves yeah for sure um you know it's like i said fan favorite and uh we, we're gonna we're gonna miss him for that i think mm-hmm. um and you know like i said we've got the memories of, of the super bowl victory as well his name's forever going to be etched yeah. in history uh for that team um but we we wish him well but we've um it's funny actually it's funny you mentioned that because i had a thought the other day and i was thinking about centers because i, was, I read something about creed humphrey and like how good creed humphrey has been as a center and he has been 
phenomenal. Yeah. What a start to his career. But then I started thinking about like all these great centers that the Chiefs have had in recent years. Like, so you've got Creed Humphrey now, we've had Mitch Morse, and we've had Rodney Hudson. And like, yeah. potentially, like you're talking like three, like three of the best centers of this last couple of decades, right? Especially in the case of Rodney Hudson outrageous and Creed Humphrey looked well on his way to be a stalwart offensive lineman for years to come yet who's the one that's won the Super Bowl with the Chiefs Austin (laughs) Reiter Austin Reiter is the one that's won a Super Bowl and it just goes to show that sometimes it is just a case of right place at right time and that's not that's not a knock on Austin Reiter he but he's not as talented as those other three guys but he just a happened, job he happened yeah. to be in that team. Same with LDT. LDT happened to be in that 2019 team. And obviously he earned his place in that team. But talent-wise, he's he's not as good as other players. He's not as good as Trey Smith, LDT. But guess what? He don't care because he's walking away from his Chiefs career with a ring. <laughs> and that's yeah. not and that's not a guarantee for Creed Humphrey or Trey Smith right now. And I just find it funny the way to, that life works sometimes. Like, who knew that this time 12 months ago that me and you would be doing this for our head pride and would be <laughs> Emmy winners? Like, who knew? It just, it sometimes it's just right place, right time. <laughs> Mate, we're going to milk this for all it's worth, aren't we? Um, yeah, the, just the, uh, the the other thing to that before we actually move on to the, uh, the actual game against the Giants is um, obviously the Chiefs picked up a player called Dan Brown. I'll be honest, I had to look him up. Yeah, but trying to Google Dan Brown, and all you get is a Da Vinci find, Code. <laughs> it's, yeah, I get all you get is a Da Vinci Code. I'm thinking we really signed him. <laughs> we really... <laughs> What's he gonna do? <laughs> maybe, maybe the Da Vinci Code is how you break cover two defenses. Maybe that's all it is. <laughs> Mate, how did you slip that in there? That was brilliant. <laughs> I told you I was going to get a Dan Brown joke in here. <laughs> Yeah, but um, I mean, people questioned it because they were like, who the hell is he? I've never even seen him play or anything. He's been a bit of a journeyman, but it's clearly, obviously, it's a cap thing, isn't it? The Chiefs save quite a bit of money, um, obviously, trading away LDT, but bringing in um, a, a lesser player, let's say, in, in Dan Brown. How, I like how many weeks yeah. is Dan Brown going to be on the team for? <laughs> What, three, four weeks, maybe. Will he see a snap? I don't know. Will he? Like they've got to bring Clyde over to Lair and Josh Kando back off IR soon. So yeah. and they bring them two back. Someone's got to go. And I I'll put money on Dan Brown being one of them for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're right. Right. Should we get on to the game? Let's do it. The victory. Finally got a victory against the Giants. Mm. And uh I think a lot of us were thinking that this was going to be settling the nerves. Big game, you know, big blowout maybe. This is the time where the Chiefs season turns around and we got the win, but it wasn't really convincing, was it? No, no, it wasn't. And I, to be honest, I, I I obviously have thoughts about the game, things that went well and things that didn't, but I can't sit here and complain too much because this time last week I sat here with Rocky and said, I don't care about the performance. I just wanted the win. <laughs> That's all I cared about. Like you can play well and lose, but that doesn't help this 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 team, Chiefs team. Losing just wasn't an option, and I know they come close. My priority was the Chiefs getting the win, and I just don't. I wasn't going to care how they got it. Admittedly, yeah. I did think the Chiefs were going to win, and I did think they were going to be more convincing than they were. But I'm not. But you getting... didn't say that. 
you didn't say that in the podcast. You said it was going to be a close game. Yeah, you know, I said ten points. They won by three. Yeah. Like I said, yeah. I thought they're still going to win by ten, but they only end up winning by three and end up having to get a defensive stop at the end to secure the victory. It's, it's a close game. The, the Giants had an opportunity to win the game. They had the game in their hands at, at the end of at the end of regulation. So. Yes, while I'm annoyed at certain aspects of the game, I'm not going to get too wound up yet because I'm sure I might in the next five minutes when we go into this a little bit further. But at the moment, I'm kind of okay yet. While the Chiefs, they got back to 500. That was all that really mattered on Monday night. What I will say is that first drive by the Chiefs where it was just clicking, it was just, you know, mm-hmm. it was, they were finding Tyreek Hill, they were finding the receivers. They, it, it, it was very quick as well. It was all very, I mean, clearly it was obviously the scripted players at the beginning. Yep. But I was thinking, we are going to destroy these. And, and I truly believe that. And I even tweeted about it, I think. Um, I was just thinking, this is, this is, this is the team I recognize. Yeah. And a lot of people were, were agreeing with that, that this yep. is the team, this is the Chiefs team that we all know and love. Yeah. And it just, it never picked up from that. Literally from that first drive, that was like that was it. That's the glimpse we got of this Chiefs team that we all know and love. But yeah, they they looked like the Chiefs of old in that first drive, and then they decided to put Kelsey at quarterback, flip the ball behind him, and give Patrick Mahomes <laughs> zero options to throw the ball to. Like I just don't get it. Like I I've like I'm already caring now. That play call, I just don't understand it. Like you're already struggling enough to get people open. Like you've had to script the entire drive with short throws because you think the Giants are going to sit off you a little bit and you're going to take the underneath throws. That first drive, Patrick Mahomes didn't throw beyond like 10 yards that he wants. Like everything was short, which is fine. That's because that's what they were given. But then when it gets to the red zone and when it gets a little bit harder and where the Chiefs have struggled recently, why why are you taking away Travis Kelsey as a viable Mm. receiving option? Like just why? Like for what? For a bit of window dressing, like I have watched that play thirty times. Like yeah. I watched it as I was waiting for you here. I just kept watching it, and I still just don't get it. Like yeah. I just don't understand what they were trying to achieve. Like if mm. if the aim was to throw them off, it it just didn't work. Like you, you've got Mahomes in motion, it's fine. Well, why not just do the standard sprint, the, the sprint motion that you were doing last year with Mahomes against the Panthers? Why do you need to have Travis Kelsey in there as quarterback just to flip the ball behind? Why can't you just do that with Mahomes? Like, yeah. I just I just don't get it because as soon as the ball was in Mahomes' hand, he looked up and they, he had two guys running that way. He had Tyreek Hill and he, I think it was McCall Hardman on that side. And yeah. there was five Giants defenders like in that area. So the play was doomed from the off. I just, I just don't get it. And it just, the thing that stood out to me on, on Monday night was outside of that first drive, everything for the Chiefs offense was really, really hard work. Well, and yes, they've struggled against the cover two and all these different defenses that people have been playing against them in the last few weeks. But outside the Titans, that's probably the hardest they've made it look. And I just, it just wasn't, it was a brutal watch offensively for me. Yeah. I mean, going on, obviously, further on in the game, I mean, Kelsey, I don't know what it was. I mean, I, I again, I tweeted something out and I said, has anyone seen Kelsey tonight? Other than actually doing that flick behind him. Yeah. I was thinking, where is he? I've not seen him. I've not heard his name called. I've not seen him get a, get a pass. Um, I think he did get one later on, but then he had another fumble, uh, which, um, which obviously, it, it seemed to knock his confidence. It was very strange when the cameras 
kind of beamed onto him and and yeah. he didn't look like the jovial kelsey that we all know and love was that, uh, again it again it's it's just very flat uninspiring um kelsey looked like one of the fans <laughs> like every chiefs <laughs> fan he was just thinking what is going on with this team yeah. it's almost like it's almost like kelsey was was wondering the same thing as everybody else what is going on with this team um he looks frustrated he looks he like does he does look frustrated. He, yeah. Like I think Kelsey, you can see it in Kelsey more so than outside of Tyron Matthew throwing his hands up in the air, in the air. I think you yeah. can see it, it, frustration visibly on Kelsey more than any other player because I do feel like he is getting treated unfairly by the rest at the moment. I do feel like there's yeah. uh, a little bit of extras going on at the line of scrimmage or after five yards. I do feel like he's getting held a little bit, but. Mm-hmm he's not used to being shut down in games. And now what this is the second or third game this year that he's been shut down. He's always used to being Mr. Reliable, like that old Jason Witten type for Tony Romo, where he always gets his catches regardless. He just always find that soft spot in the zone and it always make an impact. The box score will always show that Travis Kelsey, this this Jason Witten type will always have a good game where this year it's just not happening for him. Are they putting two defenders on them a lot? Yes. Are they putting two defenders on Tyreek Hill? Yes. Well, Tyreek Hill still managing to stay a little bit productive, but it's not happening for Travis Kelsey at the moment for one reason or another. But then at the same time, when he does get open, Mahomes isn't seeing him. There's this video, there's this video going around of Mahomes bailing out of a really clean pocket. And I think every Chiefs fan's probably seen it by now where he he steps up into the pocket and it's clean and then he bails left. And just as Travis Kelsey's just run, ran this absolute monster route on, on his linebacker and he's got two yards of separation and he's not there on the touchdown for Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey gets open immediately yeah. But Patrick Mahomes' eyes aren't there. Is there a problem with the play call? Is there a problem with the play design? Surely if you've got Travis Kelsey running a five-yard hitch, um, who's going to should be the first read, then surely the play should dictate that Mahomes' eyes go from right to left with, Mah- with Kelsey being the first or second read. Because if it is, then Kelsey gets the ball immediately. But it doesn't happen like that. Mahomes has a quick look, right? Then immediately goes left. At that point, Kelsey's covered again. He's not an option, and it takes what five, six seconds for Tyreek Hill to get open, and an outworldly throw from Mahomes, basically round a defender for us to score a touchdown. It's just everything is just so much hard work, and no player epitomizes that more at the moment than Travis Kelsey. Mm-hmm. I did actually ask this question on social media as well about um, there's this fabled um, blueprint that keeps going around that, you know, oh, the, your homes has been found out, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but clearly there is something there now, isn't there? That, that, that teams, defense, teams, defenses, opposing defenses are using this similar style now that has mm-hmm. been picked up from obviously the Super Bowl, where, like you said before, cover two, send four, and anything else in the middle, you know, you kind of mop it up with, with you know, whatever, Whatever receivers are available, you cover you covering the hell out of them. You're doubling up on them. And I did ask this question that you know how do we is this the actual blueprint now that that Mahomes and Co are going to see constantly? And is this something that they can actually get out of? Because at the moment there doesn't seem to be any answers to this. No, and there isn't there isn't a magic wand for this. Like I read an article the other day from the Athletic. It's uh, from Robert Mays. And it's a great article and it talks about him asking uh, defensive coordinators about the cover two because the cover two is starting to 
come into the NFL a lot more to stop big play offenses. That's not just the Chiefs, just in general. Like there's more cover two yeah. being played by NFL defenses than there ever has been. It's it's all oh, outside for when it first come in, the first Tampa two come in and everyone went crazy for it. But now, yeah. but now it's part of the mainstream defense is what these teams are using. And the the way to beat it, there isn't a kryptonite for it. It is just no. slow and steady. And the Chiefs demonstrated that perfectly in two drives on Monday night. The first drive up until they got to the red zone. And then the second, and then the, I think it was the fourth drive when Derek Corr eventually got his touchdown. And yeah. the Chiefs, the, the, blueprint is, the blueprint is there to keep a lid on top of the Chiefs passing attack. But the Chiefs have such a powerful run blocking offensive line now that they you can did. try and almost bring teams out of that cover too by running yeah. the football to death. And they've done it on one drive. They they put Derek, Cor- Derek Gore behind Patrick Mahomes and they just ran him. And they ran him and they ran him. It, it reminded me of a drive the Chiefs had. I don't know if you'd remember. Um, it was a Super Bowl winning season against the Raiders and it was Darwin Thompson's drive. And they yeah. just ran Darwin Thompson after Darwin Thompson. Like I think it was like eight, nine plays in a row. And it reminded Barry me Allen, a little yeah. bit of that. Um, apart from th- that game, it was already over. This one was very much a contest on, on Monday night, but mm. the Giants couldn't stop him. And so no. it might go against Andy Reid. And like, it goes against what I enjoy watching as well. I like watching run plays, but I prefer watching Patrick Mahomes throw football. But right yeah. now, that's just not the answer. The, the answer right now is putting um, Derek Gore or Daryl Williams or Clyde Edwards-Alaire when he gets back behind this offensive line and just letting the big guys go to work. Because until you start doing that, these teams are going to sit in cover two. They're going to blanket Tyreek Hill. They're going to blanket Travis Kelsey. And while we don't have any other receivers that can seemingly get open, Mahomes mm-hmm. is going to struggle. So yes, in a way, yes, the blueprint in inverted commas is probably out at the moment. Mahomes has not seen this kind of defence at all, even throughout his college years, because he has just been slinging it, hasn't he? No, no, um, no, 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 no. He's seen his defense. He's seen the defense. It's just teams aren't like before. T- teams ran cover two against the Chiefs to mix it up. That's all it was. Yeah. It was just yeah. they played cover three, cover one, cover two. Man, they blitzed. They did done all sorts of things against the Chiefs, trying to find out which one it was. Mahomes just managed a way to f- find a way to torch them all. That was yeah. it. the only team that had any relative success against the Chiefs defensively was the Patriots for a half when they used to play man coverage against Sammy Watkins and then play um, Brackett, Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey. Yeah. They were the only ones that had any success. Well, now, obviously, the, the, the Super Bowl happened. The defensive line of the Buccaneers absolutely destroyed the offensive offensive line of the Chiefs. And then all of a sudden, well, oh, well, wait a minute. That makes it easier for the seven guys in coverage to blanket the receivers. And it mm. works, and it works on the biggest stage. So, of course, teams are going to copy it. It's not that Mahomes hasn't seen it before. It's that teams realise, actually, we do get a bit more success in this, so why are we going out of it? But while they've got Tariq Hill on the field, why are we going to yeah. let Tariq Hill go beyond us? And the best way to stop that is with cover two. Well, it's clearly frustrating the hell out of Mahomes at the moment, isn't it? Yeah, so, uh, sure. yeah, until we, like you said, until we get that run game going and probably using more of the flats, more of the underneath routes, it's going to keep coming. It's going to be the, it's going to be the yeah. thing that everyone's going to use, isn't it? So, yeah. Yeah. And the, the other guys, the, the other guys of the offense, the McCall Harmons, the Marcus Robinsons, Josh Gordon, they've just got to start winning. They have to start winning. And like mm. people are saying, oh, we need another wide receiver. We do. Some people are saying, let's get to Sean Jackson. Sean Jackson isn't the answer to this because yeah. he's, just, he's just a speed guy at this point of his career. And mm. that's not going to help. We've got two of them in Tyreek Hill and... 
and Michael Hardman. We just need we need another technician. That's what we need. We need someone who's yeah. just like Devonte Adams. Okay, obviously we're not going to get a Devonte Adams because they come around <laughs> once a blue moon. But we need some of that kind of makeup that can win on a dime, a Keenan Allen type. Like that's who we need. We need a real technician of a route runner to come in there. And when they are faced with one-on-one man coverage underneath, they can just win immediately. Make yeah. teams get scared. Make them back off a little bit. But whilst these DBs are, are happy just to sit there and win at the top of the stem of all these receivers' routes, then Mahomes just doesn't stand a chance. All right, we'll take a quick break there. When we come back, we'll be doing our usual look at the Arrowhead Pride Power Rankings, and we'll look ahead to the Week 9 matchup against the Packers. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hi there, and welcome back to the Great British Chiefs show with Brad and Tom. Um, we're going to look at the Arrowhead Pride power rankings just briefly in this one because uh, we, we don't like to talk about it too much when the Chiefs are out of the top five. So, uh, <laughs> Tom, Tom, where are we? Where are the Chiefs in the Arrowhead Pride power rankings this week? They've moved up. They've gone from 15th Yay. to um, 13th. It turns out winning a game warrants moving up, and it's probably about right, especially with the likes of the Vikings losing to a backup quarterback and stuff. So, yeah, the Chiefs yeah. are 13th. Um, hopefully that will be the lowest they ever get to this season, but I said that a couple of weeks ago. So, yeah, right now <laughs> they're 13th. Up, yeah. my, my notes for the game on the uh, on the website is, uh, here are my takeaways from the game. Uh, they won. That was it. <laughs> that was it. <laughs> That's the positive. That's the positive yeah. you've got to cling to. Mm-hmm. They won. Um, all right, then who's top this week? Top, the, the LA Rams. They've gone top. They have. The Rams? Yeah. Um, obviously, with the Cardinals losing to uh, the soon-to-be-talked-about oh, yeah. Green Bay Packers, there was a vacancy there at the top spot, and the Packers didn't get themselves. Yeah, but the LA Rams are number one. Matt Stafford to Cooper Cup looks like one hell of a connection. Um, yeah. The defence is playing great. Obviously, they, they conceded 22 late points to the Texans, but I don't think really think the Rams fans particularly cared about that one um and then obviously they've added von miller as well now so um yeah this yeah, um this la rams team is looking pretty good and considering that i put 20 pound on them to uh win the super bowl as soon as matt stafford got traded there i'm pretty happy about it so <laughs> <laughs> all right who's bottom this week it's gotta be the lions is it it is yeah no, i think they're gonna stay there until they win a game but i they're running out of games that they can win you know they are, they're running yeah. out. I, I thought the Eagles was going to be one of their winnable games and it turns out they got battered 44-6. So, um, yeah, the, the Lions just, I just can't, yeah. They, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what you expect me to say about the Detroit Lions at this point. Every week you're going to ask me who's bottom and until they win a game, it's going to be, be the Lions. Lions so, yeah. <laughs> 
I feel sorry for them because I, I think they, but they, they, they've, been, they've had some close games that were winnable as well. Yeah. And they've just been unfortunate. And, but yeah. it, it, you know, losing becomes a habit, doesn't it? That's the thing. Exactly. Exactly that. Um, right. Let's look ahead to the Chiefs against the Packers, the 7 and 1 Packers. Mm. Uh, week nine at Arrowhead Stadium. Sorry, G E H A Arrowhead Field. Before, I, love right. the fact that you, I love the fact that you said that then. You were like, oh, sorry, I've made a mistake. And then you made a mistake on the actual name as well. <laughs> I don't even know what it's called anymore. I'm just like, yeah, that, something about GEHA. I don't know. Um, I'll call it Arrowhead. I'll always call it Arrowhead. <laughs> I think a lot of fans will call it Arrowhead as well. Um, obviously, we were looking at this game straight after the game against the Giants. Mm-hmm. And everybody was looking at it thinking they're filled with dread because it's Aaron Rodgers Seven and one Packers, they're looking great. Um, he's connecting well with Randall, Randall Cobb all of a sudden again, which obviously was his call um, when all that dispute was happening before the season. Um, and a lot of fans were thinking, do you know what? This is probably going to be an L this week. Mm-hmm. Until the news that happened today, and it's good job that we were recording today, was the fact that Aaron Rodgers will not be playing this weekend against the Chiefs. So we're not going to have... Mahomes versus Rodgers again. Yeah. Potentially, this could have been the fourth time that Aaron Rodgers and the, and Patrick Mahomes could have played each other, potentially. <laughs> no. And this is the fourth time we won't have it. Obviously, 2019, Patrick Mahomes got injured. Nothing can yeah. be said about that. Chad Henney had to play the... Um, they uh, had to play the Packers. And then the same season, they lost the NFC Championship game. They could have played us in Miami. The following season, they lost the NFC Championship game and we didn't get Packers versus Chiefs yeah. in Tampa. And then this weekend, Aaron Rodgers gets COVID. And um, whatever your views are on the uh, on the vaccine and whether or not people should get it or not, this is a fascinating story with Aaron Rodgers yeah. because everyone was led to believe that he was vaccinated. He said in an interview that he's immunized and everyone took that as vaccinated. Well, it turns out it wasn't. And like everyone was questioning it because everyone thought he was vaccinated. And then when it said that Aaron Rodgers has got COVID and he's ruled out for Sunday, that basically confirmed his vaccination status because had he had the vaccine, he would have had an opportunity to play on Sunday night. Like he wouldn't have been ruled out until the last possible uh, moment because with the rules that they are with the NFL, if you're a vaccinated player, if you end up testing negative and you have two negative tests uh, 24 hours apart, then you're good to go. But if you're not vaccinated, which is the case of Aaron Rodgers, you automatically get taken out for 10 days. You're, yeah. you're out of the picture for 10 days, so which rules him out for Sunday. And all of a sudden, a game that the Chiefs fans were dreading are looking at thinking, actually, this actually might be a winnable game all of a sudden because I didn't fancy the Chiefs in the slightest to beat the team that just knocked off the Arizona Cardinals away yeah. a few days ago and I had a ten day, uh, was going to have a 10-day rest before playing the Chiefs. I didn't fancy the Chiefs in the slightest. And it's not just me. The bookies, they had the Packers at favourites this morning. They were two-and-a-half-point yeah. favourites this morning. And then the news comes out, and now the Chiefs are eight-point favourites. Eight-point favourites against the Packers. That's a massive swing. <laughs> That's the swing. That's what Aaron Rodgers' COVID status has done to the odds this week. God. I mean, going back to what you were saying about being immunised, I think I saw something. I'm trying to find it while you've been talking there. I'm trying to find what he actually said or what the what the reason was for the immunisation. Um, 
it, the treatment was a ah here it is here it is it's from Ian Rappaport. Uh, Rogers received homo, homopathic treatment from his personal doctor to raise his antibody levels. So basically, he's trying to be he's been working on a different vaccine. Yeah. His doctor's been working on this vaccine, miracle vaccine, yeah, <laughs> um, which hasn't clearly worked. Um, and I think he thought it, he was going to get away with uh, just saying he was immunised, and mm. uh, clearly that is not the case. It's um, a big story now in, in Green Bay because now, yeah. now the question, like this, isn't related to this particular game, but now the question is in Green Bay. So, well, how many how many of the rules has he been following? Because obviously, unvaccinated players have to <laughs> has to follow like a much stricter set of rules than vaccinated players. Yeah. And has he been following the same rules as Carson Wentz? Has he been wearing like the similar sort of mask that Carson Wentz has been wearing? Like, has he been segregating himself? Like, he went to a Halloween party this weekend dressed as John Wick. Like, I, I just, I just, I just like, I, I just don't, I just don't get it. Like, did he think that the treatment that he received was going to give him a pass if he did end up testing positive for COVID? And it yeah. clearly hasn't worked. And like, I already question the guy anyway, because I'm not an Aaron Rodgers guy. I love watching him play football. I think Aaron Rodgers, mm. the football player is great. I've just never really been that much of a fan of Aaron Rodgers, the man. Um, for yeah. whatever reason, he's always rubbed me up the wrong way. If I'm being honest, and like a bit, like yeah. I've, I've just, I've just, I don't know. There's something about him that I've always thought was a bit odd, and I've always had this opinion that although he perceives himself as this huge team guy, I'm not too sure whether I actually see it myself. And I yeah. think this is probably a demonstration of that, like keeping it secret. But we're going into the realms of something that doesn't really need to be talked about here. The, the big news is that the Chiefs now, instead of facing the 2020 MVP, they are now facing Jordan Love in, I think, what is his first NFL start in Arrowhead Stadium <laughs> in a game that the Chiefs see as a must win. Yeah, that's the key thing there. I mean, uh, Jordan Love, we can't really talk about that guy because we don't, we haven't really seen him in an NFL game yet. So Whoa. you say that, you say that. I um, was before we had, I had a couple of hours spare before this, this show. Yeah. And I was going to look at like, watch the Packers Cardinals game and talk about All right, yeah. adds a bit of info. And obviously the news broke. And then I ended up watching Bills versus Packers from week three of preseason this year. <laughs> so I've already done some scouting of Jordan Love. My and, goodness. Uh, You're watching preseason. I've been watching Jeez. preseason of Jordan Love. And like, I have some takes. I have some takes on Jordan Love. Really quick release. Really quick yeah. release. He gets gets that all pull out fast, but gets flustered quite easily. So this, I'm looking at this and thinking, right, the Chiefs, the, this game gets won by the Chiefs front seven. It has to be won by the front the front seven of the yeah. Chiefs because they've got they've got two problems to deal with. Basically, they've got Aaron Jones and Devonte Adams. There, if Devonte Adams plays, of course. But yeah. Matt Lafleur is such a smart coach that I think feel like he he's going to see the flaws in the Chiefs defense and the Chiefs defense floor at the moment is the run game and he has yeah. two very very capable running backs in AJ Dillon and Aaron Jones so if the Chiefs are going to win this game they need that front seven to play well against them too but they also need to get pressure on Jordan Love because if they start showing pressure to Jordan Love then the Packers are going to have to revert to a quick throwing game and the run game which makes them a lot easier to defend what you can't be ha- what can't happen is Jordan Love getting comfortable? And I'm not sitting there saying, oh, a, a comfortable Jordan Love is going to rip apart the Chiefs' secondary. It's, it probably won't happen. 
But if you've got a, like a rookie quarterback or an almost rookie quarterback in there making his first start, just make it uncomfortable for him. Make him not Sending. want to have that ball in his hands. Like, like let's make the Packers as one dimensional as possible. And that has to come through the defensive line and the linebackers. Yeah. Like you said, send everything, send the house, send <laughs> Nick, Nick Bolton through the middle. Like he's been doing recently. <laughs> Just send everything, throw a kitchen sink at them, throw spoons at them, throw it, just just make it uncomfortable for him. Make it make him realize he's in the NFL. I think that's the key thing there, yeah. isn't it? Um, and and especially with the, the likes of you know the, uh, the the improvements we've seen of, of Frank Clark. Um, I think he's gonna have a good game in this game. I really do. But things you expect the Chiefs to do never seems to really materialize, it never seems to happen. Yeah. It's it's glaringly obvious they were gonna run the ball a lot more. Um, like you said, quick releases, probably short plays a lot. And you'd expect the Chiefs to really kind of scheme for that. Yeah. But it never happens how you expect it to. No. And that's the most frustrating thing that's coming out of this Chiefs team at the minute. You expect <laughs> them to play a certain way, especially even on the offensive side. Mm-hmm. You expect them to play a certain way. And it's almost like you watch a completely different team. Yeah, I think that's fair. I, I think it's a fair assessment, fair. isn't it? Yeah, I think that's fair. But uh, back to the Packers um, and those two running backs they have in Green Bay are like really good. Like AJ Dillon, yeah. Aaron Jones, it doesn't matter which one they put in the backfield. They're averaging yeah. four and a half yards a carry. And the reason why is because, yes, obviously defences were scared of Aaron Rodgers and being torched by Aaron Rodgers and whoever receiver, whatever receiver is playing, it doesn't seem to matter for the Packers at the moment. Yeah. But also it's down to Matt LaFleur. Like the, the improvement that, that this team has made under him, it shouldn't go unnoticed. I guess obviously people will point to Aaron Rodgers and say, yeah, it makes a difference when you've got a Hall of Fame quarterback. But do you know yeah. how like, they've won 33 of their last 40 regular season games under him? Like that, that's the best start to an NFL career for any, NF, any head coach ever. It's won 33 of his first 40. Like they that's are phenomenal. Up there. Yeah. And people are saying, oh, because Aaron Rodgers is out the game, the Chiefs should win. Like, let, let's let's not count our chickens on this one because we just watched yeah. a weekend of games where I think it was four backups won yeah. games this weekend, like including the Jets beating the Bengals with mm. Mike White. Like, come on, like, who saw that coming? Mike so, White Lightning. Yeah, anything can happen. And like, this Chiefs, like, you only have to look at Monday night. And I would argue, and some may disagree, the, the reason why the Giants didn't win the game was because of Joe Judge. I think Joe Judge and Jason Garrett coached a really poor game. And yeah. ha- were they competent, I think the Giants would have won that game. And this current version of the Chiefs is far from unbeatable. They are extremely beatable. And any yeah. team with really good coaching, and now they are, they are, they are few and far between, let me add this, Really well-coached teams don't come around very often. There's only a few in the NFL, and the Packers are one of them. So even with a backup quarterback, even with only four days to prep with Jordan Love, I still think the Packers stand a really good chance of winning this game because they are a complete team. They are complete on both sides of the ball as well. So, yeah, looking at, obviously, the running back, uh, Aaron Jones, uh, he's, he's obviously got in total nearly like 700 yards or probably over that now. Um and going back to what you were saying before about, you know, that that's clearly going to be the area that the Chiefs are going to have to um, keep an eye on. Um, but going back to what you were saying about Jordan Love, he is a bit, a bit more of an unknown entity as well. But at least we knew what we were getting with Aaron Rodgers. 
Yeah, I would much rather the um, the unknown entity of Jordan Love than the known quantity or known commodity <laughs> of free time NFL uh, MVP Aaron Rodgers. Like I, I, I was dreading this game. I, I like I, I had the Chiefs down to lose like by two scores, like this morning. That's <laughs> right. Because I was thinking about the prediction for this show, and I was thinking about the Chiefs are going to lose by two scores. Doesn't matter how well they're playing at the moment. Yeah. The, the the Packers are playing so much better football than than the Chiefs. Obviously, the Jordan Love thing evens it out a little bit, but it's not just that side of the ball the Chiefs have to worry about. The Packers are playing really well defensively as well. Like, mm. and it's not just like you like with the Chiefs. You like, you look at the Chiefs' defense and, and you always go, oh, "Well, who's playing well on the defense?" It's normally the same sort of guys. It's Tyron Matthew. It's the Jerry Sneed. It's Chris Jones. Sometimes Frank Clark. Well, it's not the case in Green Bay. It is when I say it's a team effort, it really is a team effort in Green Bay. Mm. They've got 10 players that have got sacks already this season. They've got eight players that have interceptions already this season. So they are like, when you say like a team defense, they are a team defense. And I was speaking to a a Packers friend of mine this afternoon and and he, yes, obviously he's gutted that Aaron Rodgers isn't playing, but he's still supremely confident because of Aaron Jones, because of Devontae Adams, because of Matt LaFleur, because of this Packers defense, which just mm. basically shut down the Arizona Cardinals last week. Like the Arizona Cardinals, I think that was one of their lowest input outputs of the season offensively. And that, that, what does that say? That, that that leans towards a good defense. When when the Packers needed someone to step up in on that defense, they did. Rasul Douglas stepped up off the practice squad and got the interception. Yes, you could say AJ Green probably should have been looking for the football, but even still, he has to make the play. And this, for me, is like a dangerous, dangerous game. And the last thing that anyone should be doing is looking ahead to Vegas next week because I tell you, like, I'm struggling right now to even pick the Chiefs right now, yeah. even with the loss of Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, they're a well-drilled team. I think that's what you're trying to say there, isn't it? They're, they're yeah. well-oiled. They know what they're doing. They all know. It's what probably the most respect I've given to any team so far this this yeah. this season. Like, I know I was really high on the Buffalo Bills when they when we were doing the preview show for that. But this this Packers team, I just they they're just a Super Bowl team in waiting. I th- I mm. think they're too good. I, I do, and obviously how this Aaron Rodgers thing plays out will have a lot to to say about that. Whether they decide to suspend him because of the um, apparent breaking of the COVID uh, protocols, and maybe that might have an effect. But even still, like if they don't, and they, they you can see the Packers winning 14, 15 games and having the number one in the seed in the NFC. I yeah. just think they are like when you talk about the the elite teams in the NFL, the Packers are well and truly out there. Yeah, and with the Chiefs turning the ball ball over as as much as they're doing at the yeah. moment, it's we haven't even talked about turnovers yet. Yeah, like, we it's... like we've bypassed turnovers tonight. This is the first time we've talked about turnovers all, yeah. all evening. I think you mentioned Kelsey's fumble once. Yeah, and that's that's just how used we are used to to turnovers now for this Chiefs team that we're just like, oh yeah, hey. turnovers another one. Eight hey, minutes. Positives. We've only got two turnovers this week. <laughs> we only gave away two turnovers. So that's yeah. a positive. <laughs> We're going in the right direction. <laughs> uh, right. Okay. Um, ones to watch. Um, I think the most the uh, the one to watch this week, or the ones to watch, is um, Aaron Rodgers and Nick Bolton. Not Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Jones and Nick Bolton. Um, yeah. Because that has become the premier matchup now. We saw what Nick yeah. Bolton done to Derek Henry couple of weeks ago and and I feel like the Packers offense is going to try and run through the running backs AJ Dillon and, and Aaron Jones now so Nick Bolton might get to play downhill a little bit is there's the chances are chances are for Jordan Love like 
baiting uh, Nick Bowen in coverage or something like that, like Aaron Rodgers, we'd expect Aaron Rodgers to do are slimmer yeah. with Jordan Lovin. So yeah, I'm um, Nick Bowen. I think has a big job on his hand and a lot of responsibility going into this one. You like Nick Bolton now, don't you? I, I'm, I do like him. Um, <laughs> I, I think he's flawed. I, he is flawed, but I, 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 I like the way I like the cut of his jib. Is that, is that the saying? Like I, I like, <laughs> I like, I like the way that he plays. Like, I, I think, <laughs> it, it, yeah, he's a bit mustard. <laughs> Yeah, he's, he is a bit mustard, isn't he? Yeah. He's a good player. Um, mine is, uh, for the Packers, I've gone for Randall Cobb because, uh, well, obviously before this, um, Randall Cobb and Rodgers were connecting very well. And yeah. obviously with Rodgers not being there this time, yeah. um, it's it's clear that, you know, Randall Cobb is, is probably going to be the main guy if uh, Adams is going to be playing, Yeah, um, which we all think he will be playing, Devon Adams, don't we? But um, I think Randall Cobb, he's, he's done pretty well recently. And yeah. I think he's going to be that kind of forgotten guy in this game, maybe, yeah, that maybe. might find some roots and become available uh, for uh, for Jordan Love. Uh, the Chiefs, I've gone for Frank Clark, because I was quite encouraged with how he played in the last game. Mm-hmm. And hopefully he's a, he's a healthy Frank Clark, and and hopefully we see the the production from Frank Clark like we used to, like we saw in like twenty nineteen. You know, yeah. um, such a he, when he's on his game, he's phenomenal. Yeah, it's just getting him on his game. Yeah. Um, and I think obviously with the inclusion of of like you said before with with Chris with Chris Jones probably sat next to him, and uh, and Melvin uh, Melvin Ingram on the on the other end, it might play to his strengths a lot more. So I'm fingers crossed Frank Clark is going to do it for us. Um, predictions, mate. So you have to come to me first. Can I hear yours first? Say what? Uh, yeah, I'll, uh, my prediction is 24-21 to Two. the Packers. It's a closer game now because of the Jordan Love thing. Yeah. It's the Matt LaFleur thing. Uh, they're just coaching so much better than Andy Reid is right now. Yeah. They, they just are, they're a well-versed team. And like, and there's even on, on Monday night, there was instances of this team where you looked at them and they think, oh, they aren't well coached. There's still things going wrong. I mean, there was one snap where Chris Jones was still talking around, turning around, talking to Tyron Matthew and the ball was snaps. Uh, like, and we had like 12 men on defense and stuff like that. And yeah. Then you got Dan Sorensen effect. You've got that, oh man, I'm talking myself know. out of it's, it. It's a tough one. Do you know what? I'm going to say the Chiefs win and it's something ridiculous. They haven't got the pressure of prime time either. Like, the the Chiefs have made prime time look like hard work recently, and yeah. and that might sound like a stupid excuse, but they have like they haven't been a very good prime time team for a little while. So I'm going to say that the Chiefs they win they win by three points. I'm going to go from the reverse on what you just said. What did you say? All right, okay. I said twenty four twenty one to the Packers. Go on, and I'll say twenty four twenty one to the Chiefs. You think it's going to be like a field goal wins it again? Yeah, I do. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right then, mate. That's all we've got time for this week. That's the uh, end of the most indecisive show of all time. Like <laughs> it's like it's constant back and forth. I might as well have just had a conversation with myself in that show because all that's all that was going on in my head was was do you go for the Packers? Do you go for the Chiefs? Do you go for the Packers? <laughs> <laughs> you kind of talking yourself into it, out of it, into it, out yeah. of it. Yeah, I know what you mean. It 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 is it is that that weird feeling at the moment, isn't it? You're just not sure what this Chiefs team's going to do, mm. and you want them to click out of it and, 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 and find their kind of mojo again, but you, you see snippets of this Chiefs team that encourages you. 
and then something massive happens somewhere else. It's like, like we were saying before, like Kelsey played well, he played lights out in, in, in a couple of games previous, and then he has a bit of a down game in this game. It's always something different mm-hmm. that if you just merged it all together and it all clicked all together, it, this team would be phenomenal, but yeah. it's just not happening. No, it's just not happening. Um, but anyway, but yes, that's all we've got time for this week, sadly. But uh, please feel free to leave us a rate and review. Tom and I obviously read those, and uh, it, it, it gives us a good thumbs up from, uh, from our bosses as well, which is good. Um, you can listen to more Chiefs related content here on the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. But all that's left to say here is from one kingdom to another, we'll speak to you again soon. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.